2: talent to make this shit up
0: here's kev nash dj killer kev
2: we back we still here episode 82 82 i was born ready okay. i'm too ready <laughs> kev nash dj killer kev you can't make this a podcast yeah yeah you ready for thanksgiving bro
1: man i am man i actually you know thanksgiving has grown on me over the years i was a christmas guy as being the favorite holiday growing up only child you know mm-hmm. i used to peek out and watch mom setting up stuff and wondering why Santa hadn't came yet with the others. But now I'm more into the family time and just, it's the one holiday where it's just good eats, good convo. Usually, you know, there ain't usually no drama at the for household. We be chilling and just enjoying company, man. I'm looking forward to it. That's what's up,
2: man. Me too, man. We going home for the holiday. It's gonna be a house full of people. It's gonna be jumping. It's gonna be good food. Gonna be some alcohol involved. Yeah, and uh, and you, know, you know, I what? got a class reunion that yeah. weekend. Yeah, and uh, breaking news: we also have a watch party for the Cavs going on at the casino in downtown Cleveland. Mm. So we got that going on. My class reunion. So it's just gonna be good to see people. I'm super hyped for the uh, watch party because that gives me an opportunity to put names to faces to people that I forgot. Yeah. So then actually night of the reunion I won't be like totally off guard by people that <laughs>
1: Yeah, you might take <laughs> so a kind of like a
2: warm up. Take a few days to go down memory lane in
1: the yearbook, yes. re- refresh some last names cuz everybody remember faces <laughs> don't remember last names. True that. So Yeah, man, I, I always like I'm I'm excited to get to that 20th and that Woo! 20th reunion cuz 20 years is a, is a chunk of change, man, and, and people really grow up. They they live life. They start getting into it, and it's just it's just 20 years, man. So I know you're going to have a whole bunch of good
2: story times. Oh, yeah, Neverland. it's going to be it's super be story time. But uh, it was only right that we returned the favor. We Absolutely. invaded Justin's sports talk show last week, made our debut. Yeah, my AM debut. I was excited about that. And we got my guy, Justin Kenner, a.k.a. Jody.
3: What's good, man? Jody's doing fine. Hey, I made my WROU debut yesterday. Oh. Miss Faith brought me on, I was excited. Oh, for the food drive? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, man. It's crazy. So you're the only salesperson from the radio station that went out there. Yes, I
3: made sure to put something on Facebook so that people, you know, I'm laughing at all the salespeople liking it and all the other staff members liking it, but I'm like, I ain't going to get them off their ass to go down there. <laughs> Not on no Saturday, bro. I haven't
1: showed up. I don't even work here. <laughs> I, was, I, was like,
3: I got there a little
1: after you did. Okay. Uh, and Big
3: Kev was out there and everything, yeah. but still, I mean, cars were rolling in like crazy. And that was when the hurricane winds were blowing the flag down out there.
2: I left right before all that got going. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So let's get a quick review of yourself, Jody. Where are you from? I'm from El Paso, Texas. Okay. El Paso. El Paso. And how the hell did you get to Dayton, Ohio? (laughs) I have no clue.
3: And here's the deal like, my family's like, my mom's side's Hispanic, and my dad's side's white. And somehow all my Hispanic family lives in Ohio and all my white family lives in El Paso where it's like 90% Hispanic. So it makes no damn sense. But yet here I am, Jody, setting up shop in Dayton. Okay. (laughs) And
2: you did like what, a 10-year bid at Wright State, right?
3: Yes. I didn't know you actually had to like, you know, I thought after four years you just automatically got a degree. You know, I'm pissed. I'm looking at my friends. I'm like, where are you guys going? I'm sitting in class alone one day. Like, where'd all my friends go? They all graduated. So I finally decided to take it serious and, you know.
2: Here yeah, I man, am. and you heavy, 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 heavy so in sports. So it's like that. Oh, I thought you were talking about my boy.
3: Like, So it's like that. <laughs> I really did think that's where we were going with No, like, I, wasn't. Man, I, wasn't. Like... I wasn't. That's an
2: ongoing joke, but uh, that, not this time <laughs> at least. Not this time. At least. On, the, <laughs>
3: we're on the holidays, carrying a little bit extra, but so As I'm heavy. What?
2: But uh, you're heavy in the sports, man. You do a lot of stuff for uh, Wright State and ESPN3, right?
3: Yeah, all their games. I mean, every, all their, they have a contract. The Horizon League has a contract with ESPN3 about three years ago. They were all, it was just the Horizon League network. And then the Horizon League, actually, of all the conferences, is one of the few conferences that all schools are equipped to be able to pull the ESPN three stream. So that's why ESPN partnered with them, which is nice because that helps, like with you know the schools, it benefits them recruiting wise. When you could tell them, look, you know, you may be living in Alabama or somewhere far, like right states pulling out the from Alabama, <laughs> you know, but they can watch the games on ESPN three from afar. Which you know, little ESPN logo always kind of enhances stuff, so mm-hmm. it is pretty cool. But yes, I do women's basketball, and then I do halftime show and all that fun stuff for the men's games too. So how would you get involved with that? Uh, WWSU, and really, I don't know how. I mean, it was kind of strange how all that kind of. I saw when I was walking by, I didn't even know they had a student radio station. So I saw they had a little banner outside saying, "Hey, you know, sign up now for a show." I'm like, eh, what the heck? I'll give it a shot." Uh, they were signing up for games, so I started doing all the games. And really, I don't, you know, I didn't think I'd ever be good on radio. I know I'm kind of a shy person, believe it or not. I'm very <laughs> quiet. Don't talk to many people, at least up until the last couple years. But, um. So when I was doing student radio, then I started asking the ads about doing more. I wanted to keep doing more, keep doing more, and then they got me into volleyball, and then it went into basketball. And yep, we'll here stay I off am. the
2: volleyball topic because I heard you got in trouble last hey, that time. That coach is gone. That coach is gone. Oh, okay. Well, we'll steer away from the that one volleyball. thing <laughs> that woman
3: don't like anything of mine on Twitter. She don't listen to anything of mine. But the one podcast, oh, Justin's on this podcast, and the one time I talk volleyball, which is apparently is a topic that follows me from
1: podcast to podcast. <laughs> I was just
3: kind of talking about the non-attractive
1: <laughs> women, I guess. But, but wow. how is life on the AM side of radio, man? I like I've, I know it's changed over the years and I know it's it's probably still changing, but I just I'm outside looking in I always wonder how is life on that on that r- road.
3: I mean, I enjoy what I do on wing uh, on the ESPN side of things too because mm-hmm. you know, Dayton has a untapped sports market in my opinion. Like I think there's so much more that could be done with it. Uh I mean, we just what we are supposed to do this at 11 and I don't know what time it is now, but I mean, we just <laughs> sat here and talked with like blue Smith and Keith Byers. I mean, that there's was so pretty much nice. t- I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, the big time names and future star and blue Smith, but just hearing like their, you know, experiences and hearing all their stories, like there's so much more of that in this community that, you know, O.N.E. and I don't even think Wing has done a good enough job of really reaching out to those guys and getting them incorporated into to coming in and sharing their stories and, you know, being a part of their success. Like, yeah. Blue, it's really, you know, look at all the guys on the Buckeyes now, all the Dayton guys. We don't really have relationships with them. I can't text them or reach out to them to get them on, but like starting that now, like with Blue and with some other guys and Landers and them, like, yeah. you know, when they come back in the area during Thanksgiving or bye weeks or in the off season, it's simple, little t- you know, establishing those relationships, I think, is key, and that's something I'm working on, and we're, kind of doing that now so it's kind of nice yeah.
2: very key to you know a radio station being involved in community because i know braxton has his uh football yes. camp <laughs> and everything like that uh who else got it? you dj uh, yeah football yeah camp. I, cool. do,
1: uh, I do i uh, do nishan's camp i do brandon mckinney's camp i've always been on the outside looking in i've had the friends that are you know have traveled that road of sports and i've always said like my daydream is to have like the mega football camp. Cause I mean, yeah. back in, you know, we had like the Ryan Brewers, the Brandon Saints. You had people all over that were playing college football. And then Will Allen's and all those that have made it to the NFL. And it's like, I would just, I could just picture UD on a Saturday with the whole city involved. But I know it's a lot of, you know, behind the scenes stuff that made that almost impossible. But that's yeah. been my a lot dream. Of politics as usual. Cause Dayton does have a lot of not only, not only in the Dayton area, but if you go in, in these suburbs, I mean, there's always seems to be. A, a stud that, mm-hmm. that, that makes it to the next level. so, And like I said, I mean. Big market for that here, too. I mean,
3: mm-hmm. I mean, and even from the football side of things, from a basketball side of things as well, like, you know, in Dayton, I'm not limited to talking just Reds. Like in Cincinnati, you're kind of, you're in a pinch. Like you have to talk Bengals or soccer or, you know, basketball or UC basketball, Xavier, but, you know, but. How free are you allowed to go and talk Buckeyes? Like we could talk Buckeyes, we could talk like you know we could talk whatever we want. <laughs> I mean, and that's the that's the plus side of all all this is being able just to kind of have a little bit of freedom and what in the topics we talk about, not being tied down to just one team. Even though I still think we should be spending more time talking about our teams that are in the community, not just Dayton. I'm watching the news yeah. last night. Mike Hart saw, stay right there. <laughs> we, you know, Dayton got more time on the news last night. On a they came on the news to literally tell us that they had an off day. <laughs> right State had their home opener last night. They weren't even on the news, period.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, why, in your opinion, won't UD and Wright State play basketball?
3: Uh, because UD... Uh,
1: <laughs> I I oh, do believe oh, this, uh, this is the You Can't uh, Make This a podcast. Feel free to be as uncut as you please. Thank you, brother.
3: Because UD has a mangina. I think that's what it comes <laughs> down to. <laughs> Look. Out of all things, I remember, well, I think it was a report on, like, student newspaper. Like, one of the guys, like, reached out to UD, uh, UD's AD, and said, you know, would you guys ever be open to playing right state? And literally had the nerve to say, well, you know, yes, it would have to make sense. You know, playing. keep in mind scheduling's tough and playing a right state doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us from an RPI standpoint, but yet last year they played two D2 teams, which when UD plays D2 teams, it's totally okay. But when Wright State does it, it's, oh, typical, <laughs> yeah. typical Wright State, even though their RPI is usually hovering around the top 100, and it will be probably by the end of this year, depending on how some of the teams on the schedule now pan out when it's all said and done. But, you know, give me a break. Like, yeah. That, it really the comes down to – The would love that. You know, Woo! oh, and my favorite thing I always hear is, oh, well, Right state needs UD. I'm like, right state technically doesn't. Right state can make the tournament five straight years and go on a run similar to UD's and not play UD once. They don't mm. need UD.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, they need them. You know, they don't. Right state doesn't want to play them because it'll fill up the Nutter Center. Well, from a business standpoint, money's green. It doesn't care if you're wearing red or green when you're coming in. Your money's green, and exactly. that's all that matters. Like, there's so much. Bullshit that goes around with that whole back and forth thing. It should be done. Like, it, it should be done. Like, Xavier um, in Cincinnati, yep. that buzz that surrounds that city trickles over here. Like, it's such a big game. It's, a, it's the only few regular season games that I get hyped for. When the, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. And it's just like, that can happen here. And UD can kick right State's ass 10 years straight. It doesn't matter. That thing needs to happen every year, yeah. Because UD fans will love watching it. Mm-hmm. But that one time that Wright State finally gets it, that's when this place is going to go nuts. And I, you know, I'll live for the one
1: in ten. Even though I don't believe it'd be that way. But you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> when the kid from Dayton Christian, um, I can't think of his name. I was, like class of 01, he was uh, older guy. I went to Xavier. Like I made it a point to go to the Xavier Cincinnati game. Yeah, you know, I wanted to see him in that atmosphere, and he was bubbling, and and a hot a hot guy from the area that made it to Xavier D1 school. And it's like that, you know, even like with the, you know, Wally Zerbiak, is that, is that who was at Miami? Yeah. Like even with the Miami, but there's enough schools in the area to not just have the certain rivalry. I mean, Dayton having two schools that are usually, like like you say they're right stage usually every couple of years – Just barely outside of that Horizon Championship or close to it. Yeah, like four to the five years or three out of the four years. And the only reason they
3: didn't make it, they were expected to make it back that one year that they didn't. But I believe like four of their five starters got hurt. Like they were without Krishan Hopkins, who actually played at uh, Butler when Mm -hmm. they made it to the championship game against Duke. Mm -hmm. Who did they play the second year in a row? UConn. UConn. So it, he didn't play against Duke a lot. He played on that team that played UConn. Okay. And then that next year, sat out and then transferred to Wright State after. But they were without him and like four of their five starters, and then they're playing off freshmen at that point. I don't know what you're expecting them to do at that point, but the exactly. bottom line is is they were consistently there. But they could still do so much more. Yeah. I mean, We just talked about that. I, I think that Wright State and UD does a horrible job of recruiting the area. I Why mean, do you think
2: that is? Uh,
3: I really do think that it comes down to is if there's a reputation that surrounds some of the like the Trotwood schools and some of those I don't know if that's what it is that's my gut feeling is that they why would you not go after a Tory Patton why would you not go after any of these guys that are coming out of the ranks here in Dayton like yeah. Wright State should be touching every single one of them they, they uh, he's being looked at by Clemson or Duke or whatever I don't care Wright State's name needs to be on that list mm-hmm. of teams reaching out yeah. get rejected I work in sales. It's a numbers game. Like if, you uh, know, I'm reaching out to a client that I know is probably going to say no. That one time that they're going to be like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" It's like, "Oh crap, I was not expecting that." That's the best sale right there. It's the same thing with right state. I was talking to Blue Smith earlier, and, he, and I said, to him, "Which schools would you know were you really considering?" He said, UC, Kentucky, and Ohio State." I'm sorry, one of those things don't sound like the other. Like right. U C, <laughs> Kentucky. I you know how bad would that look if U C or Kentucky beat out right. Ohio State? But his reasoning was, is because I just wanted to stay, you know, close to home. It's the only reason their schools were involved. That's why, you know, right State having that, you know, that ugly dude mentality of, I'm not even going to try to get her number because, you know, she's too good looking. <laughs> they need to be
1: trying to get the number of every one yeah. of these guys. because the shot. Chris yeah. Rice should have wanted to, or should have had a choice or should have had, a, like, you know, a Wright State or UD if you want yeah. to stay home. That's right. how yeah. that rivalry is
3: going when... And it's going And right now, it's, the gap is there. Realistic, it's yeah. there. I'm not gonna sit here. I'm a right state dude, but I don't ever sit here and act like right state's on a level playing field with UD. Right. UD deserves to be where they're at because they accomplished it on the floor. But the only way that that rivalry with UD and right state will ever get to a point where it's gonna be respected is it's gonna have to be them, like literally Nagy and now Anthony Grant, sitting in living rooms of these UD, of these local Dayton players, fighting it out for these dudes. Yeah. See,
2: if I'm a right state coach, that's mob tactic. My tactic would be grab every or go after every good a- average Dayton kid in the city. Get one or and, two of them. Yeah, and we start getting those players from the city and then attack UD saying we're we're representing for Dayton. We have more Dayton players from you. You have kids from New York, uh Alabama or whatever whatever city, but we represent for Dayton. Come to our games. We're the real UD or something. Yeah. Attack them like that yeah. and, and force their hand. Make them yeah. have to play you. That could be your lane. I mean, yeah. like it's not. It's not like you know,
1: Sinclair. Mm. You know, like you know, like yeah, they, some people, people fall. Some people fall into that JUCO lane due to other circumstances. Yeah. But like you having a D one program in your area, come
2: on, man. and not not and that's come that's on. unacceptable, man. <laughs> but it's like when all totally Allstork and
3: Joe Thomason it was what two years ago when they played at Wright State. Everyone gives it right state shit because of the attendance. But the bottom line, like the loudest fans that were there were the people that were there for All Stork and Joe Thomason. And you know, you have Grant Benzinger, a Cincinnati kid. So now you're gonna get some fans trickling down from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. His dad played for the Reds, so he's just a very popular kid. You know, you have a lot of local kids. I I think right state needs to think outside the box. And you know, yeah. I liked it. they're bringing in some guys out of the state too. That's great. But they have to you gotta work if I'm coach Nagy, you gotta work your way inside out. Yeah. Like Urban Meyer did the opposite approach when he took over Ohio State. He thought from the outside and then worked yeah. his way in and some of the ends are getting left out. That's fine because he's getting the talent. But from a business side of things, too, that's how you're going to fill up the nutter center. If and you, what I also think they should do is block off a lot of the sections in the nutter. I really do. I think if they they put those tarps up on the corners, yeah, yeah. I think if they blocked off one or two more areas or at least blocked off the top half of certain sections and moved people down. And then, like, work your way back. Like, yeah. I, I do. I think there's so many things that they could do differently that they need to focus on. I know they're trying to find ways to get students to come to games, but you know, I'm all over the place. But the bottom line is the the only way that that UD right state thing will ever pick up, and it's not just putting each other on the schedule. It's going to come down to recruiting. Like mm-hmm. UD went after Patton, right state goes gets Pat, and then gives him a nice little bird and says, "Yeah, we got him, and we're going to roll with him." And then we're going to go get this kid. And then we're going to trickle because then you got to work with their networks. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Thomason and, and Allstork were like this. Yeah, That's how they even got Allstork to consider to come back, anyways, because Allstork wanted to go to UD and Allstork was willing to go to Cincinnati. He was willing to go any of those places to stay local. But yeah. because of Thomason, that's how that ended up working out. Keep in mind, Thomason was being looked at by Oklahoma State too. So he had some big schools looking at him. But the local flavor, like the, it's the local impact. Blue Smith could have easily gone to Kentucky or Cincinnati yeah. <laughs> because he wanted to stay closer to home. Right yeah. state has to count on those opportunities there. And my point is, is you get those guys, like they should have really worked on building off of Joe Thomas and an All sitting them down and say okay, I need your guys' help. Work on getting this kid here. Yeah. Because all they had to do is All Stark Texas Patton and their friends, because I talked to All stork this the day he came in on your podcast too. Texas him and says, Hey, what do we got to do to get you here? Hey, I'm interested. Guess what? If there was any communication, real communication between those two, and he forwarded that to Nagy, he would have been signed like that. Mm -hmm. You heard? I mean, that's what Blue's dad just said is that he wanted to go. That's who he wanted to play for. Yeah.
2: I think the biggest problem with Wright State athletics in general, I think the athletic department views athletics as glorified intramurals. I think that's how the school looks at it. They don't put an emphasis on it. They really don't care. Like, oh, if we win, great. But, uh, yeah, we got a pro- we got a couple programs. We got a pretty decent baseball team, good golf team, good basketball team. Hey, hey yeah, right state, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, But, no, <laughs> if you play athletics, you do anything athletics, you're giving a kid a scholarship to go to school for free, the expectations are to win. Yes. <laughs> and to win a lot. Like, it ain't just because. You shouldn't be just be giving a scholarship away. Shit, yeah. give me one. I'll take a exactly. free ride. I can throw up as many bricks as some of these kids is doing. Yeah, there's, like, there's so many up kids,
1: upcoming kids, in our area. If U D gets one and Rice State gets one, you're bringing thousands of people to whatever mm-hmm. arena that game yeah, is played in. Because it's
3: you know, keep in mind, like what made the NBA fun was the the rivalry between Magic Johnson and Larry Bird coming up. Like yeah. you know, the high school rivalry then into the college into the NBA. Not comparing a right state UD thing to the NBA, but people love that's why basketball does so well. Like you can lose a Michael Jordan and the sport doesn't miss a beat. Not that it doesn't need Michael Jordan, you know, it wasn't like a smooth sailing, but at least they they, there's always big stars in the NBA and it's because you can pit person versus person. It's tough to do that in the NFL. They try to do it with like Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, but you're really not going against one another. You're not impacting the other one's game in basketball. You have that head to head action and fans will feed off that. And if you can, you know, two teammates that. You know, maybe one picks Wright State, the other picks UD, and then they're going head to head. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I just I find those storylines fascinating. But the patent thing still sits sour with me because look, you can give Nagy maybe the benefit of the doubt that he was new and still trying to learn the area, but I'm sorry, I have eyes. I could see that this kid could play, especially after that state game, and did not offer him until after Youngstown State gave him an offer. Mm -hmm. Give me a break, like that. just makes no dang sense. But the Wright State UD thing can't exist. And it's not just a matter of the ADs calling each other and saying, hey, let's put each other on the schedule. Mm-hmm. There has to be some ground blocks laid, and it's really on right State's behalf to do that, to make that, just playing, hand. but yeah, to force their hand. Go get those types of players. Talk shit. Yeah. yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. yeah. I mean,
3: we give a little Baker Mayfield, a little crotch grab, and a little fuck you, <laughs> and off you go. Like, I
2: wanted you know. to ask you about this whole, uh, we used to have a manager that worked here that was a big baseball guy. And... Claims that people don't watch basketball, even though ratings would suggest otherwise. (laughs) Um, He was a little bit older. Um, How do you view basketball versus baseball like traditionally? Like the viewership and people, the past and the present?
3: I think the fan base is consistently younger with basketball. But you look at the fan base of baseball, it's still sitting about 44. Which isn't old, because my thinking is there's always going to be 44 year olds. So <laughs> right. it's, like, it's not right. like if you're 44 today, you're the last 44 year old that'll ever exist. Like that's just the demo. I hate when people panic and think that, you know, oh that's the demo. We got to leave it the way it is. Like for instance, on Wing, you know, we worry about oh well maybe we shouldn't you know talk about these topics or do this because the majority <laughs> of the, the listeners are white or the majority of the listeners are older white guys. I'm like well you know there's black people that listen to our station too. And you know, and there's just certain topics that you have to go after. Baseball, same thing. Like you can't just be the same old boring sport. You got to adjust and change. Basketball is about as does about a good job of any of adjusting with the times. I think it learns from other sports' mistakes. That's why basketball may not be the most popular sport, which it might be now. I thought football was, but they've taken a little bit of a hit this year. Just uh, ask know, Papa John. Yeah, yeah. Say, <laughs> he don't know which pizza is really good or not. I mean, like. <laughs> I wonder how those sales are doing now after yeah. he made that little dumb comment. I'm waiting but. to see the next Peyton commercial, if any. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be in the Browns GM. I mean, yeah. who, who wins there? Um, I think. I mean, the fan bases are completely different. Like baseball, obviously, is popular within its own fan base. Same thing with basketball. I don't think like one impacts the other, though. I, I don't know. You know, when I hear people say, oh, "Well, no one likes basketball; they only like baseball." No, baseball fans like baseball. Basketball fans like basketball. There's always baseball fans. There's always basketball fans. There's no such thing as Especially from a radio station standpoint, our listeners only like the Reds. They don't like basketball. Well, they like the Reds because you provide them Reds. But if you provide them basketball, you know, I don't know if Ohio State does basketball does real well on our station. But if we had UD basketball, I think it would do well. I think Mm -hmm. if we had Wright State basketball, something that's local in ours, I think it would do well too. Like, yeah,
1: I know me. Like, I when I get in the car and I'm you know running from mom's home and I'm you know I'm trying to you know beat fourth quarter. I want to turn on AM station and catch the game on the way and like. You start going through like, damn, they're not playing this some national televised game that they're playing on so and so station, you know, versus a UD game, or even like you say, you got thousands of people that went to Rice State that live in the area. I'm mm-hmm. sure they're fans of their alma mater. Yes, we are. Yeah, give them, give Unfortunately. them. Unfortunately, you know, like give, <laughs> to have more of that, because for 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 me as a fan of sports, baseball was like my go-to. Uh, I played third base. I thought I was Chris Sabo. You couldn't tell me I wasn't. <laughs> couldn't tell me I wasn't Chris Sabo growing up. But then when the baseball in the area kinda changed, I started falling in love with other sports. But now, like, speaking of change, like stuff like DraftKings and, and 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 fanDuel, the last three or four years I've watched more baseball mm. and, and sports that I've kind of like just still love as a kid but just grew out of. I'm back to like trying to see how me home run Stanton got this year, you know, trying to see like I'm back to it now. And I think the change of the DraftKings and the, how we live now with sports brings brings avenues to do more with it, like you say. So, I mean, I wish there was a way to make it, you know, yeah. make it I think bigger, I, I think I said this on
2: the <laughs> pod before, but if not, if I did, oh well. The reason and the biggest problem I have with baseball is it's so stuck in the past and so heavy on records. And the biggest problem with those records are each ballpark isn't the same dimensions. You go to a football yeah. field. It's 100 yards long and 52 yards wide. That's every football field. Blue Smith
3: will be playing on the same size field as Keith Byers did back in the day. Exactly. You could judge, you know, comparisons are real in that case because you're working with the same amount of yards. (laughs) Right.
2: But if you go to Yankee Stadium with a short porch versus uh,
1: Fenway Fenway
2: (laughs) with the green monster and everything like that, if I hit a ball 400 feet, it ain't getting out of there. But if I hit it 400 feet, a great a, a Great America is out the park so these records aren't the same it doesn't it doesn't equal the same thing because mm-hmm. each ballpark has different dimensions I think they really should have all the dimensions you you can't tell me an engineer can't make a a baseball park unique but still have the same dimensions mm-hmm. I agree like they should need to come up with a guideline to say all right from this day forward each ballpark is going to have defenses is 300 feet or whatever. Whatever they determine is what they determine because those records aren't the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just it just isn't. I know and when, I think that's that's bogus.
1: I know when I'm prepping for like baseball season on DraftKings like that's a thing like the Colorado Rockies like that's the park you like
2: yeah they make that a topic
1: to where pick players are from that game cuz it's easy to hit balls out right. in that in that park, you know? Like that's a thing.
2: Right. And like <laughs> that's what I was saying like the people got so enamored with Aaron Judge But if you break down the numbers, wow, he hits a ton more home runs at home on a short porch. Mm -hmm. Duh! Who doesn't know that? (laughs) It's a smaller field. He's going to hit more home runs. (laughs) I don't even watch baseball and I know that.
3: (laughs) That's like going to, in basketball, going to a gym and the three-point line's closer at this gym. You know, oh, Steph Curry. Well, you may, you know, if you want a three point shooter, make sure you know you're picking this dude because they're playing at Golden State and their three point line's closer to the, you know, yeah. so they're going to yeah. hit more. And they know, rim or, at
1: nine feet. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes no damn sense. In, like in the, the uh, pinch, not pinch hitter, the DH versus non DH, like that, two yeah. different rules. Hey, the Eastern Conference, we're going to put your free throw line at 10 feet, the Western Conference at 15 feet. Well, how come the Eastern Conference free throw percentages are higher than that? Well, because everything, you know, they're, you know, It's an easier opportunity for them. Well, how come? You know, I just...
2: Like, that's that thing about them being stuck in the past and hanging on to traditional rules. But, you know, things get better and evolve. Just like, you know, I was a fan of the uh, All-Star game being worth something, you know, home Mm -hmm. field advantage. Because, you know, I remember growing up watching baseball, watching the Indians with Corey Snyder and stuff like that, where there wasn't interleague play. The only time the Indians would have theoretically played the Reds was be in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like, so now that we have interleague play and now that these dudes is flying on charter planes and jets and they're not flying commercial with everyday Joes, man, look, man, get out there and whoever got the best uh record, they get home field advantage, man, period. And let's put a pitch count in there, I mean, a pitch clock, the speed, the pace of the game up. Mm. Like, it's so many things that they well, can do this. to change it up to make it more watchable for younger people. I don't know. I don't think baseball
3: is that unwatchable only because it's this. It's not. I, I mean, I tune into a baseball game or I go to a baseball game knowing I'm probably going to dedicate three to four hours of my day there. And when baseball came out and said, oh, that first year that they tried to shave some time off, we shaved three and a half minutes off. I'm like, "Well, well, by golly. What am I going to do with all this extra time on my hands? Yeah. Like this three and a half minutes. What am I going to do with myself with all this extra time on my hands? I just don't think you're going to find a way to shave time off. The only way you do yeah. that is make it seven innings. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I'm not for that either because you went, talk about the records earlier. You know, baseball, some things have changed to the point where, you know, for one, the steroid era, of course, yeah. says mess with some things too. But like that's the other reason they don't want to shorten the amount of innings is because then you're taking away innings. You know batters will have X percent of less innings in their career to achieve home run records or you know hit records and all that fun stuff that other guys who played during the era of nine innings got to play with and same thing with pitchers because you're going to see the careers of pitchers though baseball would at least be able to preserve its superstars a lot longer. Because with seven innings now, it's two less innings a game where people can get hurt. It's two less innings to work with from a pitching standpoint. So instead of trying to truck my starter out there for seven innings, now maybe I just need to get them to the fourth or fifth inning as opposed mm-hmm. to the seven. You know, the Reds mm-hmm. would you know fit into that. Area <laughs> well, I like
2: what the what Fox did, especially during the playoffs this year. Like when they would go to pitching changes, they would show the commercial in a box over here. Yes, they would show the pitcher warming Rasslin
3: up. does that too.
2: Really? Yeah. WWE, you you watch wrestling
3: when they go to break through no, in the middle. You're, you're outvoted. Yeah, <laughs> Drake, Drake, I need
0: you.
2: Drake, you this
3: Survivor Series tonight. Oh, we gotta goodness, get TJ and Drake I, in for a I got wrestling nothing pod. For you, the only
2: thing I got is Ric Flair. That's all I Woo-woo!
3: got. By the way, I, you watch that Ric Flair thing, right? Absolutely. How could you still like the dude at the end? I'm watching. I'm like, this dude's scum. I'm like he's horrible. He's a horrible person. Like b- because. He has blonde hair and, mm. and the crowd likes him. I, I, that amazes me. Like if I told you, he fits, you, hey, he fits need so you to, close
1: to hip hop. <laughs> hey,
3: yeah. hey I, need you, I need to tell you about my friend. My friend, who's a horrible father, man. Like, oh my gosh, he has no money because he spent all of it. Horrible with money, he's a horrible father. You know, he stabbed a lot of people in the back, but he's great, man. Oh yeah, I would love to meet him. No, <laughs>
2: so if you explain- man, that was uh, that was super sad about his son, though. man. Yeah. I was like, damn, like, but the thing that. What I took away from it was he was he's enabling. Banged, them.
1: He's banged thousands of people. Is what I took away from
2: yeah. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> also a fact. That's also a fact. Rick Rick Flair is a monster out here in these streets. Him and Will Chamberlain going down. Yeah, in history. Yeah, they
1: on the Mount Rushmore of that. <laughs> I mean,
2: oh man, let's get some NBA talk because I know you heavy NBA man. I know this is. I know I'm you. heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we established I mean, I that. A new <laughs> adjective. <laughs> You're big into NBA. You like (laughs) basketball. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Who's the best team in NBA right now?
3: It's not the Celtics. The Celtics are the hottest team in basketball right now. It's not the Cavs. The Cavs somehow got worse, even though I thought they got better. It's the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are going to... There's no one close right now. There's no one close. I mean, Philly and Boston, it's going to be their league here in about two to three years. Maybe. Maybe. At least on the eastern side, if Embiid can get past 69% effort, huh?
2: <laughs> bruh, <laughs> get past <laughs> 55 games,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> he, uh, I it's still the Warriors, the Celtics are a great story. I don't even know, I mean, they're good right now. I don't know how much better Hayward even makes them. I mean, losing Hayward sucked. I mean, I didn't want to see, I want, I was excited about what he could do in Boston. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> ugh, just look, look, a balloon flopping back and forth <laughs> his leg, but uh. Even with Hayward, I don't know how much more better Boston is. I still think the Cavs will figure it out. I think they're going to be making some mass move. If the Cavs feel like LeBron's truly leaving at the end of this year, you'll be able to tell that by what they do at the trade deadline. If they go all in and say, well, shit, if this is our last year with LeBron, we're going to trade that pick. I think Isaiah Thomas – I would trade Isaiah Thomas before the trade deadline. Like, he's jumping around all excited to be in Cleveland. He was even on an SVU episode like that. Don't get excited, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I, I think they're going to – I think they should look to trade him with that first pick, and I would – I mean Tristan Kardashian or Tristan Thompson, whatever his name is. <laughs> I think you package all three of those up and try to go get something. I, you try to go get Anthony Davis. You try to go get something, but you mm-hmm. can put Anthony Davis alongside LeBron and alongside uh, Kevin Love. That's a nice little core there. You the stuff to address a point guard issue, but you don't need to bring a point guard in to be Kyrie or Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas isn't going to help. Defensively, they suck. Isaiah Thomas is going to make that worse. So when I hear yeah. people say, "Oh, well, wait till they get Isaiah Thomas back," I'm like, "Well." How is that going to keep them from giving up 115 a game?
2: They're bad on pick and roll defense. My biggest thing is I laugh at people who say that they thought the Cavs were going to be better this year. I Well,
3: because of a defensive state. I thought, because here's, I don't like the big grouping of the big three. I hate the big three. I think you need a big two and a solid four or five around them. Like I thought. The Heat's biggest issue when they first got together was trying to work out Bosh, Wade, and LeBron, which that's a natural thing, you know. The first year in Cleveland, trying to work out LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love, and what ends up happening is the third wheel always seems to get the bad end of the stick there because, you know, Chris Bosh was looked at as the bum of the of the three. Why? Because he's going to have to defer to LeBron and and uh, and and Wade. Same thing in Cleveland. Kevin Love seems to get the brunt of everything, even though he's a good bat. I mean, he'll average twenty and ten anywhere else. And uh, I thought that with Kyrie leaving, that would elevate his game or LeBron's game would elevate, mm-hmm. and then nothing would really change. Style of play would change, but I didn't think Kyrie leaving would hurt this team as much as it did. That shocked me. But I thought going out and getting Farid, not Farid, who they get, uh, uh, Crowder, Jay Crowder, Crowder, yeah. uh, Crowder. I thought was a great get in return back
1: and stuff. And yeah, I just but it wasn't clearly enough. Um, I but, don't think. I think there's so much change in the NBA with these. Core of however two threes coming together, mm-hmm. that it's just taken away from like regular season weight. Yeah, you know like like I don't think LeBron in the grand scheme of it all care if he's one through eight. Like I really think he don't care because I think that once playoff time come around, they which is why they're not panicking. They're like yeah. we have till April if we, if we were in the Eastern
3: Conference. Yeah. We could shit the bed. I for see three Boston months.
1: struggling with John Wall for 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 a, for a six six seven game series. You know like I could just. I, when you when you have now I know it's like nothing you can turn on and off so you, you need to have these reps in the regular season but I feel like it's just kind of like reps
2: like they call you in April huh
1: yeah like just <laughs> That's, like March 31st or March March 30th right around the end of the year we start figuring out where the seeds are and then it's like okay now yeah. beat me for a week and I don't see that happening with Cleveland still
2: they can be whatever record well I mean they have LeBron.
1: That's what I'm saying. They got LeBron.
2: So at the end of the day, they got LeBron. But what I will say is.
3: Yeah, but they're still losing with him dropping 30. Like he's putting up. There's these nights where he's dropping near 50 points a game. Mm -hmm. And he's dropping like 13, 14 rebounds and 11, 12 assists. And they're still losing by 20 on some of those nights. That's kind of scary. That even on LeBron's best night, his team's still getting beat by that much. Like that's like, that's not just a over one piece away. It's like we got to maybe reshape this whole thing in the middle of the season. Plus, Ty has to go. Well, no, wow. he's not going to go. LeBron has never – have you ever wondered, like, Kobe wanted to play for Phil Jackson. MJ wanted to play for Phil Jackson. Like, great players have always – like, you always think about it. Man, if they have all these great players, if you could just go grab that great coach. LeBron's never wanted that. LeBron's always wanted the guy that you, – you really think Ty is going to tell LeBron, hey, come on, pick your shit up, let's
2: go. Like, well, no. when LeBron played for a coach that told him to get his shit together – Paul Silas. Uh, no no well, no that was early but yeah I that don't that that's don't when count. you maybe would
3: have had a <laughs> little when bit he of play
2: leeway. with the uh with the heat Sposra used to dig in his shit what happened lebron did it obviously he won two chips down there but you know what I'm saying on the first thing smoking he was out like, look, I ain't gonna have nobody talk to me like this. Especially <laughs> Pat Riley. I mean, that's yeah. the thing too. A organization. If you think
3: if and I heard people say, you know, oh, that's you know, it's not LeBron's fault that he hasn't played for a great coach. I'm like, you mean to tell me that if LeBron called up Pat Riley and said, Hey, get your ass down here on the sideline, I'm not playing for Spolster. Pat Riley, even though they say, you know, he's not one to bow down to players, he would have done that. He did it for Shaq. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only reason Shaq agreed to come to Miami and, and waive his no trade clause that year was because he said because he said he would coach the team still. That was way back when they had Alonzo still. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Alonzo morning, not Ball, obviously. <laughs> but uh, no, like LeBron's never wanted to play for that coach, and I think that's hurt him. I mean, even who's the foreign guy that they just got rid of uh, that was Black. coach of the year? Uh, I mean, he had the best record in basketball when they got rid of him. Um, and My he, biggest thing
2: about LeBron fans and say as LeBron <laughs> is the biggest and the best and all this type of stuff, whenever you bring up something that says he isn't, it's always a caveat or it's always a reason. Well, that's only because this. Well, that's only because this. Well, he never played. He never had a Scottie Pippen. He never had a great coach. He never this. He never that. It's like, well, at some point, you know what I'm saying, it just is what it is. Like people like to bring up the numbers and what he does and how many triple doubles and the great defense that he plays and he can play positions one through five, which is not a fact because when he was playing the point guard, when they played, uh, Charlotte Kimba Walker was giving him the business card yeah. <laughs> like and that's no knock on LeBron LeBron and Spurts can play the point guard position and defender the part point guard division but to expect somebody that's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, to guard somebody that's 6'1", quick as a cat for 40 minutes isn't feasible so that's not a knock on LeBron it's just physics it's like yeah. yo man that's not fair yeah. like this dude's the Energizer Bunny bouncing all over the place for 40 minutes I can't do that right you know what I'm saying? So that's just my one thing about LeBron that I have a problem with. I have more problem with LeBron fans than actual LeBron mm-hmm. James myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: I did want to ask you, too, with with the um, closeness that you are to all the different sports in the area, all the different things that you do sports talk-wise, like, what's some, some cool stories or some cool things you came yeah. across in just kind of like what we experienced today? We had a... You know, just the break in the day, and it was Keith Byers, a legend in our area, and the future with Blue, you know? Yeah. It was like, what kind of, like... And we're just what, sitting here, like, like what, pinballing. Yeah, like my yeah. head. just receiving it. it all. Like, I can do this for the next six hours if you like, you know? But just what kind of stories have you came around, <laughs> you know, came around to and been a part of? Well, some things I don't realize it, how cool it is until,
3: like, later. Like, yeah. um, Marty Brenneman's one that, you know, he came, when I got the job here... You know, I told my professor at school that, you know, we were a Reds affiliate and stuff. He goes, well, I got a surprise for you at class. You know, I'll tell you later. But make sure you, because I had a habit of skipping class, <laughs> hence 10 years in college. Um, he oh, goes, that, was, sure. that was a fact. Yeah, Ten he years. goes, make sure. It was eight years to be exact. Okay. with The two-year hiatus in between some of those. But anyways, <laughs> I tried factory life and that didn't work. But um, no, so he told me, he goes, you need to make sure you're at class, you know, this Wednesday, yada, yada. I said, okay. I show up there, I was in like Marty Brenneman's in our class. I'm like, holy shit, this is cool. Like yeah. at the time, I was like a year into it, new, still had to interview a lot of cool people. You know, now it's always cool, but it's not like it doesn't overwhelm me. Like now it's just, it's part of it and I enjoy it and it's really neat. But um, so afterwards, I was talking to him for a little bit and, you know, he gave me his number and all this stuff and got his wife's number too, who writes for the Akron Beacon Journal over there. Or no, not Akron, the, that matter, someplace in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um not Akron Beacon Journal. What the hell is it? Something Beacon Journal, that's all I remember. But bottom line is is uh we were coming up on the all-star break and I had actually texted Amanda and not him to do an interview. I was like, Oh, what the heck? I'll see if she'll come in because I figured I'd more of a better chance of her coming in than than Marty. Mm-hmm. So she came in and did a whole hour. She drove from Cincinnati to come do a whole hour and stuff. And, you know, John King, who was our GM at the time, walked by, looked at me and goes, How the hell did you get her in here? I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. She just agreed to do it. Like, you know, so afterwards you know we just talked baseball and just you know she shared her experiences and all that fun stuff but after i talked to marty and he said he appreciated that i had her on you know i didn't make it about marty too much he mm-hmm. said i made it about her and he appreciated that so him and i were good from that point on and now every time i texted him you know he'll come on the show well the coolest thing was is he was speaking in Van Wert, ohio which is where i'm from okay and I'm from El Paso, but I graduated from Van Wert High School. But there's a pack Center there, and Marty was speaking there that night. Well, him and Amanda called me one day and said, what's good to eat in Van Wert? What, what are some top restaurants over there? I'm like, well, there's, Applebee's. A, there's a McDonald's. <laughs> there's a McDonald's, you know, and all yeah. that. But uh, there's, you know, so I was telling him different things. Well, I had called. They were going to go to the Mexican restaurant, so I had called the Mexican restaurant and said, hey, you know, I, whatever they get, here's my card number just. I was gonna pay for their meal, just be nice and kiss ass, do what I yeah. need to do that way. Well, Amanda um called me and said, Hey, you know, we're gonna go to the Mexican restaurant, and all that. And I said, Okay, that's fine. I have your meal covered, yada, yada. Well, on the way down, they called me and said, I'm going with them. So they picked me up and we went. I so Dope. yeah. So the Mexican restaurant, to keep in mind it's a small town. So every time you go to this Mexican restaurant, like you see everyone and their mother there. Like that's you know, if you it's like Walmart. If you yeah. go to well, in the small towns, it's like Walmart. Yeah, you don't want to go there because you always see someone you know. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool shit. i walking <laughs> with Marty Brendan put my chest out. Like, this is cool. <laughs> Fucking I out of the car, I go open the door, whip it open, crickets. There's not freaking person <laughs> in there i'm Where's like, everybody? I'm, like, I'm with marty freaking breneman yeah. like last time i came in here you know with my grandma and everything and i see <laughs> everyone i know and i love my grandma to death no issue being seen with my grandma but like you know i see everyone i know and everyone recognizes i walk in because i live in date they're like oh how you you know catching up uh-huh. you know how cool would have been like oh, i'm just here with marty you know yeah, just, just hanging my out friend, my good it. friend marty breneman <laughs> they, they picked me up <laughs> and it was really cool and then uh so you know we get to the Event and stuff and like he's up talking and stuff and he you know mentions me and all that stuff so just it was a cool rub it was just something where something that I do here yeah. kind of crossed over with back at home now di- people did trickle into the restaurant as we were eating dinner so it was really cool but you know those are those those are those things where. it you know, when we have Reds Fest coming up, we'll see Marty mm-hmm. there, Reds Caravan. You know, that's just business and work. But when that stuff trickles over into making me look good in personal life, yeah. that's even neat too. I mean, I
1: want to come to them. Come on down. I'll, I'll tie some cords. Or we might need a hotel. So you know, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Hope you like getting paid in gift cards. <laughs> okay, so so if I if I grabbed your cell phone and went through it, say, uh, name some people that would be in there that uh they're pretty cool.
3: Jay Billis. Ho! Clark Kellogg,
2: Buckeye, and from Cleveland. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Who did Marty Brenneman, legend. Legend,
1: yes, um, definitely.
3: God, I know there's more. Hold on.
1: <laughs> it's like, I got more, man. We're not going to shortchange Keith Byers. Yeah, Keith I do have Keith Byers, Buckeye. Uh,
2: Jerome Bettis, Hall of Famer, and yeah. a Steeler. Uh, we can skip that. You
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> Former Buckeye top back. Oh, quick,
2: quick. Oh, tell them what, what Jerome Bettis said about his Cincinnati Bengals.
3: Oh, yeah. Let me – let. Me. well, go ahead. Well, he was – because we were talking about, you know, the is the Steelers and the Bengals' best rivalry in sports? And he goes, well, I don't think it's really a rivalry. I think it's a rivalry that exists in the head of the Bengals. He goes, because we look at the Bengals as just like another team on the schedule. And uh, he goes, but the Bengals – he goes, we always laugh. He goes, it's kind of like in high school with, like, that one school that, like, gets all hyped because you're coming in and you're like, this isn't that big of a deal to us, but, they, you know, you know it's their Super Bowl. Right. Um, but he said he is a huge fan of the Bengals because – the majority of his yards in his in Hall of Fame <laughs> career came against. Actually, in all seriousness, I think the one team that he has the most yards against in his entire career is against the Bengals. It has to so be. he gives a lot of uh, credit to the Bengals for his Hall of Fame career. I so,
1: can I can remember many of smiling helmet faces of Jerome Bettis in the end zone. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> I have I have seen that a few a few times for sure.
2: Who was uh, in that phone, man?
3: I see Jeff Cash, Daquan Cook, Charles da- Cook. Um, some of these aren't big names, but just locally, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, my list is running dry. I've got a couple <laughs> swipes. Not as cool as I thought, I guess. Uh, I guess not. I know there's some names on there. Uh, Joe Lenardi, that's another okay. one. Okay, yeah. Joe Lenardi was one. I know there's some other ones in here. I, but those still. I mean, those names right there. Eddie George, right here. That's
2: the one we were going to. That's the one yeah. I was aiming for. Mike
3: Golick. <laughs> oh. And Mike Golick Jr. Um, Norm Greavy, former Flyer. It's not a huge name, but locally. You know. Uh, party.
0: <laughs>
3: Sorry. Definitely <you> can... <laughs> a legend in Dayton, Ohio. Definitely,
2: definitely. Shouts out to the party man.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> funny.
2: What's up, party man? How you doing, brother? Storm. Storm coming. <laughs> definitely a storm coming, man. Uh, you yeah. uh, interviewed Mike Tarico before, right? In, well, you were here
3: that day. Yeah. When...
2: The when, phone when, call kept when, getting bounced around yeah, the whole when, building.
3: When Chris was trying to steal my interview, <laughs> I had a, an interview scheduled with Mike Tariko, but of course I was new and I didn't know like which room was what and all that, and I didn't know what the like extension number was for the other one. So i had waited and waited, and Torico was calling and calling, and Liz, who was our front office person at the you know years ago, had sent him to uh, one of the rooms, and of course no one answered. So like oh no, it was Anita. Anita came mm-hmm. out and Chris. Was standing right there in the hallway, and she said, uh, "There's a Mike Tirico on the phone." Uh, <sighs> she goes, "Who is who is that for, or whatever?" And, and Chris goes, "Oh, that's that's mine. That's me."
2: <laughs> and I'm like,
3: "Uh, no, that's actually mine." So I actually went in, and the problem is, is when they do these ESPN interviews, like you only have like they're very you know adamant about. Okay, I'm gonna give you ten minutes, and ten minutes it. Not Mike Tirico, but the the PR lady from yeah. ESPN in Connecticut. So by the time I finally got on with him, I only had three minutes. And I didn't want to be a dick to the person in whatever city is waiting you next because there's some people that have done that to me where I don't get my interview because the call before me they were assholes and went and used the whole time. Yeah. So I was like, I told Mike, I was like, hey, I tell you what, I was like, I really want to interview you. I said this, I was really looking forward to this. I said, but I don't want to, you know, we have three minutes. I don't want to take time from the person behind me. I said, so maybe we should just do this another time. Well, he thought that was really cool of me. Goes because you work in this business where everyone's just all about themselves and take for them. Mm -hmm. So you know. I have his number in there too because he ended up give, to reschedule and we, you know, did that interview too. So it's yeah. like kind of neat, like those little things. Like, you know, you could show you could be an ass or show that okay, I actually care about other people, and then usually, it, you know, they reward you for it. Not always. that's time, super but dope,
2: yeah. man. Mike Tarico, Cuse, Cuse basketball started. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're officially three and zero right now. You know? He actually
3: his last college basketball game he ever called was Wright State. Really? Tirico. Yeah, it was him and Dan Dokic. And it was that first year of the Motor City Madness. It was Wright State and Green Bay, is when Wright State had to win four games in four days and they ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Of course, the remember o- that only problem is is the team that beat them also had to play four games in four days. That was when Billy Donlin, who was the head coach, went on this just he bitched and he just went on this long just bitch fest in, in the press conference. Saying how awful it was in the league to make these teams play four games in four days, and it was before the tournament started, and how the one and two seeds only had to play two games to to get to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, and he just complained. Well, by the end of the tournament, both one and two seeds got beat in the first mm-hmm. game, and then the two, you know, the the other teams had to get all the way to the finals. I would you
2: know? argue that you have the advantage when you do that because you have a time. To warm up game, mm-hmm. get rhythm going. Yeah, right
3: state was like hot, like. Yeah, you, know, you get that rolling.
2: momentum going. And also, you know, of course we're gonna root for the writers because I at the right state to the fullest. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you knew those rules going into it. Like it ain't like it was breaking news, like, hey, guess what? We're gonna make y'all play four times in four days. Right. Should have made won more games during the regular season if you ain't wanna do that.
3: <laughs> yeah. And you know, and <laughs> just that was the year two. Right state, they beat good teams. They beat yep. Kay Felder, they beat Oakland who had Kay Felder and Bader, who was actually... No, we didn't have Bader at that time. Who was the kid? His It was actually a national ESPN story. His dad passed away. About. It was actually very, very sad because I remember they were playing on ESPN. It was senior night, and his dad was passing away. And he didn't know it. So he goes out onto the floor to be honored for senior day. But they literally, his dad, who was in, I believe, maybe in hospice, if I'm not sure. Either way, he was in a hospital bed and he had like, you know, the hospital equipment, everything. And they had wheeled him into the game. And he had no clue. So I was like, a real emotional moment. But he's like one of the all time three point shooters there. In fact, who had the all time three point record? Was it J.J. Reddick a while back? I think so. The kid is a kid from Oakland. Jared Bader is the kid from Oakland that broke that record. Yeah. You know, so Oakland has really good teams traditionally, and Wright State beat them that year, and that's the team that had Kay Felder or
2: whatever. But yeah, you know. man, yeah, man. So you got lots of cool people in your phone. So, but here at the radio station, we talk a lot of sports, but that's not like why you work here or yeah. your main role here. Like, uh-huh. even though you wanted to be your main role. Uh-huh. That's not. Should be. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually get paid to do that stuff. You, basically, all the sports stuff that you do do is free. Yeah, I you know get paid it's on a the Sunday project. morning show. I
3: get paid. Um, but yeah, like the only reason I go to UD games and write State games is just because the constant networking. Like I feel like that's very important. There's some people yeah. that do this job for a long time and they don't have a good contact list. And I'm thinking, how the hell do you not? Uh, there's certain names that you should have living in this area for a while and certain people don't. That just, I question that. Um, the reason is like for one, for instance, the Joe Lenardi contact I have, he was in, I think he works for St. Joe's. He's a professor out there. In fact, he actually teaches a, uh, bracketology course. I don't know if many people know that, but wow. That's an actual credited class. But, um, oh, so he was at the UD game and I really wanted to meet him. I really wanted to like, see if he'd guest on my show. I knew it was a long shot, but I'm like, Oh, what the hell? So I waited an hour after the UD game. I just sat there at my chair and just watched. He went through every fan, talked to every fan, and just waited and waited. And finally, like, he noticed I'd been waiting there a while, so he came up to me. We talked for a good 15, 20 minutes after the game. He gave me his contact info. And then, you know, every year around March, you know, right right around before conference, so it's before March, February, mm-hmm. right before conference tournaments, he comes on, and we do a little bracketology report thing. And that's all because, you know, I didn't get paid to be at the UD game. Yeah. I just had to give up time to, like, wait an extra hour after the game. But that's how I networked. Clark Kellogg is the same thing. Um, Met him at a first four tournament a few years ago. Got his contact info. Actually, funny story with him. The main reason he likes me is I got an email from Clark Kellogg that said, Justin, I'm stranded and yada yada. I forgot where. I have to find the email. It's pretty funny. Like (laughs) Someone hacked his account and was trying to get people to send money. Whoever was that hacked. Uh You know. You know, I have a big game this weekend. to be broadcasting. I need your help. Can you wire me some money? And all this stuff. I knew it wasn't him, but I called him. It was like 7 in the morning. He was on my way to work. I was like, I know this might be inappropriate to be calling your personal line. It's like, I'm just letting you know. I just got this email saying that you're stranded somewhere. I said, but I didn't send money. I said, but if I need to send money, I love Clark Kellogg, so I'll send you money. But he died <laughs> laughing. He goes, I-, I have no clue what's going on. So he called me later that day and said that, Thanks for telling me. He would have found out eventually, but thanks for letting him know because he had to nip that in the bud. There were people actually wiring money, thinking that Clark Kellogg was stranded. Damn. wow So wow. now he's like, it's just funny how those like little stories happen. Now he's super cool with me. Yeah. So I texted him last year. He came on with me and all that stuff. So it's just those little networking things and just being able to- That's you know, important for our listeners to hear, man. That, that network is and networking is key. And networking is not just- being somewhere at the same time as someone else, it's or being, being paid to be there, it's making sure yeah. that you go somewhere where you know that's gonna. It's just, I mean, I mean, in sales, it's all about just working people's egos and just working the yeah. situation. And that's just kind of what you have to do here. Nothing's handed to you just because you're on the radio. No one's gonna say, Hey, Kevin Hart's coming because you're on the radio. Well, you know, that's great that you're on the radio, but what are you gonna hmm. do? What, Kevin, what, Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart needs to be on the right now. But like, if you know the right people that are gonna be able to help you out and set you up, you know. So yeah, a it. plug
2: is what you're trying to say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Shouts out definitely. to the plug. Shouts to the plug. So last thing before you slide up <laughs> out of here, man. I call you Jody. Jody? Mm-hmm. Explain that story. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is especially for you because Uh-oh. when he tells the story, you need to go watch this certain okay. uh, so, documentary.
3: Nora, my girlfriend, and I, you know, we have totally different interests in what we watch on TV. You know, I'm into, like, I watch, like, Crime, like, crime shows and stuff, I, you know, I'm trying to get my perfect crime down pat So yeah. I gotta watch SVU, <laughs> I gotta watch all these shows to learn how to be a perfect criminal
1: Absolutely, I am a Jack Bauer yeah, a I, student yeah. For so sure she, So, and she doesn't
3: like those shows, but the one show that I was convinced her to watch I was like, hey, let's try this, you know, making, is it making a murder? Is that what it was yeah. called? Making a murder? No, she, I lied, she tried to convince me to do it Because someone at her work told her uh, about it and that was good I'm like, ah, it doesn't look that, you know, the cover of it looked all creepy The dude just looked <laughs> weird I'm like, ah, whatever, fine well, the problem, the mistake we made is we watched like the second to last episode. I thought it was one of those like making a murder, like some of those like docu- It's not really documentaries, but some of those shows are like where it's like a different, it's a different show, even though it's all about that theme. So yeah. I didn't know it was like this 10 episode long, all of one storyline the whole time. <laughs> so I was really confused by it. I'm like, okay, I'm not into this at all. And then I realized, oh shit, we watched the like episode number eight, like the second to last one. So we started it from episode one. She was not interested in it. I was glued to the TV. I did not stop. I watched like all ten episodes in like a week. Like I was like obsessed with the dang thing. And then I didn't know he was. I don't even know how I came figuring out that you watched it. But like so, literally, like for two a whole weeks straight, we're just bitching about the whole documentary about how he got screwed. But the guy on there, just his name is was was the girlfriend Jody. Yeah. And you know, Jody, my girl. When I get out, I'm gonna get married. I love Jody. I didn't they're do it. Wisconsin I'm from
2: Wisconsin, and they have like this accent this canadian accent up there I like know, the eh? kenosha yeah. and they elongate words or whatever and uh this is jody yeah and, and just, <laughs> these like d- these interviews they're like
3: so do you think he did it i really don't and oh, that's mexican that, that was spanish sounding my bad but you know he's he's like you know he's he I, I didn't do it i mean oh, it. God. i'm innocent i'm gonna get married to my girlfriend jody when i get out so now somehow my nickname is jody <laughs> And now Faith calls me Jody. When I got to the fire station <laughs> yesterday, so she goes, "Jody's here, Jody, <laughs> Jody." And everyone's like, "Who the heck is Jody?"
2: Go, I'm Jody. I'm Jody. Good old name. I'm Jody. <laughs> God, man, it, you know it's uh, it's pretty cool to have somebody in your age bracket that actually works at the radio station with you. Because to be totally honest, there's like old people that work at the radio station, mostly old people. Because mm-hmm. majority of the people that work here are in sales. Yeah. And most of those people are old. Yeah. But My best cute. friends
3: are like in their forties. I'm not joking. <laughs> like Andy and those guys and like even Kevin Beard when he was here. All the guys like I'm real close with at work on that side of the building, forty I mean Bob. I mean he's oh, God. I mean he's three years past the you know the average life expectancy.
2: <laughs> Not really, but you know,
3: gotta love Bob. I mean Bob says some of the you know, Charlotte Flair, speaking of wrestling, speaking mm. oh, of Rick Flair, goodness. Charlotte Flair came in and he goes, Okay, I'm familiar with Rick Flair. I didn't know his daughter wrestled, so okay, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna show us so I went to YouTube and showed him some videos. She's like flipping off the rope and stuff, and he goes, Wow. He goes, well, that, that's nuts. That's really impressive. I gotta meet her. I'm like, okay. So we bring him back here. She comes out and he goes, I need a picture with you. He goes, You're super athletic. And then he actually had the nerve to tell her, You look like you'd be a fun date. <laughs> <laughs> so then he puts his arm around her. And like he just like he keeps like like shaking her and like looking at her, all creepy looking. Like I'm like, Bob, <laughs> stop touching her. Just take the picture <laughs> right. and let's go. Like always <laughs> like, like one in a crowd. Oh yeah, my it goodness. Off. But no, yeah, like, you know. And you and Drake are the only two that I, you know, come over here and talk. You know, you don't talk wrestling, but I come talk wrestling with Drake. (laughs) Never,
2: I am not a wrestler. If he lived
3: closer, I was gonna. And TJ likes wrestling too. Trying to get a little wrestling pod put together. Oh, that's all y'all, man. Y'all can knock that
2: out the box. Just uh, do it after. You can't make this up, podcast. Well, that's another one in the books. Justin, aka Jody, appreciate you falling through. How can people stay in contact with you and torment you on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram? I don't do Instagram too much, names. but
3: Twitter is, I always use Twitter. And Snapchat. Is at 1410 Jody. No, it's <laughs> at 1410 Kinner. I should change it to Jody.
0: <laughs>
3: Jody is innocent. Uh, but follow me on Twitter at 1410Kinner. Uh, go to wingam.com too. Like, we put all of our interviews on there. The one cool thing about working with Keith is, you know, I have my own contact list that, you know, I had Jay Billis and a lot of those names before, but like the Eddie George thing and the Jerome Bettis, like that's all Keith, which is awesome. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I don't care who gets them on. The bottom line is when you tune in and see that we're getting these dudes on, like, that's, that's cool to me. Yeah. Like, my big thing is getting guys, and sorry to extend this here. To get, Nat, like, Jay Billis, if I get him on, who gives a shit? i do not going to bring him on to talk about Duke. You can hear him talk Duke on national television seven days a week. Like, you, you yeah. know, especially during basketball season. But, like, what people really want to hear about is Jay Billis coming on to talk about, I mean, he came on one time to talk about the Horizon League. Yes, like, sir. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't think I've ever had anyone call me to talk Horizon League. I said, because my approach is I'm going to bring you national guests. With a local perspective. And that's my thing that I try to do as much as possible. You know, even Marty Brennan, it's local, it's reds, whatever. Yeah. But Jay Billis, Clark Kellogg, you know, we're gonna talk Ohio State Basketball talk UD and stuff like that. And that's the thing. So yeah, but yeah. yeah. But Twitter, yeah, at 1410 Kenner. The website, wingam.com. You can have all the podcasts and interviews that we do.
2: Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Podcast Sunday is a wrap, Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev You can't make this up podcast. Happy Turkey Day, y'all. Cheers.